Hey, everybody. We are having one of those moments where we uh, look straight at the camera and we talk to you, the listener. Uh, I sort of mixed the metaphors there, didn't I, with a camera and a listener? Well, that's okay, because, (laughs) you know, we've been releasing this show basically without fail for years and years. And, you know, it's it's again one of those times where... uh, when things come up, we gotta we gotta take a little break, but we gotta we don't want to keep the content from getting to you. We we have to if you if you haven't seen our social posts, we have to take a break from producing new content for several weeks uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances that were completely unavoidable. Uh, check our social accounts. Rory made a blog post about what our situation is, so we gotta take take a little time to make sure that we can we can get back on producing the weekly content. So in the meantime, Austin, tell them, tell the wonderful people what we're gonna be doing for them for the next few weeks. Uh, so we're gonna be re-releasing a couple of our favorite episodes that maybe, uh, you know, not that they didn't get noticed, but we think they deserve an extra, an extra showing, another moment in the spotlight. So we're gonna show some of our favorite apps. Uh, Starting this week with Visionaries, a special mm. that I think we bring up quite a lot. Yeah. And almost entirely on that merit, we would like to play for you again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and if you're one of our patrons, uh, thank you for supporting us, even though this is a, a, a month with a, a bit of a dry spell for new content. Uh, but as a thank you, we are going to we're going to make you something like a, a, a sort of impromptu special just for you. So be on the yeah. lookout for that. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got backer <laughs> rewards for newer, newer backers. We've got those, you know, on, they will be in the pipeline as soon as possible. Yeah. As soon as the pipeline is rebuilt. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. But we, we, it is on our minds and we love you. Yes. We love you. And we love you too, the non, the non-patron listener. So uh, without further ado. Well, you can't just, hold on. You can't just say that we love both of them. We've, <laughs> we've articulated very clearly that we love our patrons more. I know it's a proportional deal, and yeah. you know where you stand. Uh, mm-hmm. Just based to clarify, on the receipts really. We have the receipts for the love, right? So yes, I'm going to punt you over now to some content from earlier versions of ourselves back in the time stream, like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, like a year ago. So please enjoy visionaries. <laughs> Just one of those days. Yeah, what are those ding dang days? Limp Bizkit told me about that. I've heard about these one of these. Oh, days. Limp did. Yeah, Limp did. Have you met my friend Limp? What's his real name? As Fred Fred Durst. Fred Durst. Mm, yeah. He is the Limp Biscuit. I don't know if I'd rather go by Fred or Limp. <laughs> limp is pretty bad. <laughs> well, but we can all agree that Fred Biscuit's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Long ago in a distant land. Burgoo your turks. That chicken was dry. Lay up the pork beef and play it! Bobby Truck. Slam your eyeballs against this. I'm the box master and you have to listen to me! Welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. It's an animated podcast about real cartoons. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And I'm Austin. That's the three of us. That's your three friends. And we are doing a special episode this week. That means we didn't we didn't get our get our nuts all dirty in the dirty nut in the dirty nut ground with <laughs> a big arc. Uh, we've kept our nuts clean in the I- clean nut in the clean nut cloud. <laughs> What is this the 
team. This is where everything is. <laughs> well, like, things are either clean nuts or dirty nuts. Are we squirrels? <laughs> We're squirrels. And we Fastidious tr- squirrels. We keep our, we keep our good clean nuts way high up in trees. Not down in the dirty, not down where foxes keep their dirty nuts, down in the ground. Yes. <laughs> Hey, dirty fox Certainly nuts. not us with those dirty, with those dirty nut foxes dragging around <laughs> those dirty nuts everywhere. Although my favorite cereal, dirty nut Cheerios. <laughs> uh, so this week we watched a show called Visionaries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does it have a subtitle? Um, I think it oh, might. Yeah. Knights of the Magical Light. <laughs> <laughs> Night of the magical light. I tell you what, these guys keep their nuts pristine. <laughs> I I would imagine these are all uh, men and women of of the uh, highest nuts. The highest, the highest nuts. They, <laughs> they know how to keep, keep their nuts close to their chest. They keep, you know? they keep the nuts way up there. Oh God! Like their chin by their chin, like a moose. Ah, oh, guys, <laughs> you're really worrying me. <laughs> I just want to I want to cut through the through the nut chaff here really quick and I want to talk honestly a little bit of shop talk about visionaries normally when Wait, we try to name? pick a show <laughs> you can't just <laughs> visionaries, say that visionaries nights of the magical light um normally it takes us quite a while to decide on what shows we're going to watch and we kind of bandy about some show ideas back and forth for a long time and then we finally like acquiesce to somebody's stamping uh-huh yeah when Rory pitched, we were we were looking at a lot of them for a while and couldn't figure out what to do. And then when Rory pitched Visionaries, when he finally remembered the name Visionaries and that's the magical light, um, it was, I think, 0.1 seconds of unanimous decision making. Well, I think, I mean, you couldn't remember it because Rory was like, what's that one where it's like magic is better than science? <laughs> and you, we couldn't fucking figure it out for a really long time. I... I, I mean, I forget about this show in a very, in a very, I put it in a similar cabinet that I would put something like Vitor, where like you see the theme mm-hmm. song and you're like, what the hell? But it kind of goes into this like strange dream place in your mind. Like maybe that wasn't real. Visionaries couldn't have been a real show. It super was, but not for very long. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I have to point out. So this is, this is a 1987 show. And I think I think here on a podcast, we're going for like 1987 bingo because yeah. we've seen <laughs> we've watched like we've watched like half the shows that came out in, uh, in 1987. Uh, it's a good year. Turtles, DuckTales, Dinosaurs, Brave Star, Bionic Six, Beverly Hills Teens and Spiral Zone have all graced our podcast and they all started the same year. <laughs> I'm going to guess whenever there's a true a true slam dunk, whether that's your Pokemon or your Ninja Turtles. Uh, that it kind of ripples out and everybody tries to get their shit together really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've obviously just sort of did a, done a whole month talking about that with Pokemon, exactly. But the Yeah, but we kind of spanned, we spanned the lifetime of Pokemon clones and I'm talking about just that immediate. immediate surge of like, oh shit. Yeah, when, that, when the He-Man money's out. Somebody else is making the money we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you what do you guys think? What what DNA is this one cloned from? Do you think? Uh, I know um, there's, there's a I lot ha- of GI Joe in this. King Arthur and the Knights of Justice is early nineties. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I would have I would have <laughs> seen. Uh, yeah, there's some definite there's some definite parallels there. But it's but it's pulling from a sort of Camelotti feel. They're mm-hmm. using is, yeah. They're using like one off little letters. Some some uh, some Kirkland brand Arthurian <laughs> legends. Yeah, totally. 
Totally. With Merklin and Mortred. Yeah, uh, Merklin. Let's just throw a K in there. Maybe an L-Y-N. Who knew, no one's going to know. Although, what do the lawyers think about that? <laughs> the funny thing about Merklin, well, several funny things are about Merklin, um, is that it was actually, he was named after like their like lead character designer or something. Like really? Fred Merklin. Or, or, yeah, it was like a last name. It just happened to work out that it also sounds a lot like- That wizard uh, we like. pubic wig. Oh, a, oh, and the wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say a, a, a pubic wig. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the one that you have in your in your quick access memory. In your the brain. Wizard Merkin. Yeah. Uh, it was animated by Sunbow Productions. Sorry, and... would a Wizard Merkin be like gray <laughs> and long? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But Sunbow Productions did this one. They uh, they animated you know all of Hasbro's big 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 boys. Uh, they were initially owned by an advertising company. Like, I just think it's really fun that the animation team was specifically advertising like it was so blatant how much they were trying to sell toys that the ad the ad companies were like well we have an in-house animation studio to make your cartoon for you and they did gi joe they did transformers uh stuff and it was that like it was natural they're just like fuck it let's do this we don't know guys i you know some we go back and forth with how we what we mean by when something is toyetic Mm -hmm. um i mean not uh but with these ones I do not want to say they're especially toyetic, but they have this blockiness to them as if they were really anticipating having to make yeah. action figures. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like the guys doing the die casting came back and were like, no, no, no. We've got lots of input on your cartoon. Yeah, everything about everything about the character designs are incredibly like moldable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so, oh my God. I I, I kind of loved this. I don't know if you guys, Austin, from the comments you made before we started recording, I feel like you maybe hated every moment of this, but not, not, no, not quite. Um, no, <laughs> I'm I'm still grappling with this. I'm still trying to understand how I feel about visionaries. Um, can I? There's can actually I, a lot that I liked. Can I point out one thing that might sway you a little bit that maybe you noticed or maybe you didn't? This show in these two episodes. They this show has snakes, spiders, and bees in it, and I want you to just know that that there are bees and snakes and spiders, and those are usually boxes that we really like getting checked. And I and wizards and wizards. <laughs> we didn't get to the wizard jail episode. Apparently, it's later in the There's season. Multiple but... wizard jail episodes. It's like a thing they reuse. <laughs> And you know, you know, Rory is just licking his chops <laughs> looking for a wizard jail episode. That's where we're putting JK Rowling, am I right? I'll lock her up. Yep. <laughs> oh, God, that doesn't feel so good. That doesn't feel good when you say no, that. One's, that one's emotionally complex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a chewy, no. that's a chewy burn. It is a time when magic is more powerful than science, and only those who control the magic control destiny. They are the visionaries. <laughs> Sorry, I just was going to start and then I remembered the, nut, the theme. The nut, the nut. <laughs> Gotta get your nuts ready. No, we're in it now. <laughs> we're in it. It's the theme. It's nuts. And we put them all in the spots where they don't get dirt on them because we want to take really good care of our nuts. And they go up in the trees. And did I miss anything? Was that everything? <laughs> uh, this is Visionaries, episode one. It's called The Age of Magic Begins. And I have 
a summary for you, and it's surprisingly better than the other ones we've had lately. So here we go. When technology fails on the planet Prismos, an age of magic begins. As the world descends into chaos, the Knights of Prismos embark on a quest to conquer Iron Mountain, lured by the wizard Merklin's promise of magical powers. But only 14 succeed, and it soon becomes clear that several of them joined the quest for personal gain. This is one of the things that I actually really kind of enjoyed about the show was the <laughs> setting the stage here at the beginning of this episode. What, how technology just fails and we don't know why or how? Well, well, because what what we're dealing with is this is a, a Prismos is this <laughs> utopian society that has taken control of energy and they've had peace for seven thousand years mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and everything's are just everything's great everything's fine and chill and they've just got it all unlocked all their energy and then I guess the three blazing suns have just lined up and at that moment nothing works anymore the cars stop working. You know, every buildings just start to explode, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, they tell us that all electrical energy is depleted and an age of magic begins. And yeah, I, I, it's just it's just so strange. Like it's an I guess it's an interesting uh, setting in a way to sort of be this like post technological fanciful magic Arthurian business where there's yeah. still like the bones of a tech civilization that they're living in. Yeah. It's silly, but what it gets us to is we have a reason for, you know, we have this old civilization and we have this new world that is uh, a tribe, the sort of feudal system that has arisen out of uh, no more technology. And I just think it gives a little more texture than what we usually get. And I do appreciate sure. that. Yeah, because now you can have a medieval storming of a castle, but this time everyone's in like future armor. Uh -huh. It's so yeah. different. It's so different and textural and <laughs> okay. deep. Okay. <laughs> Immediately, Merklin is a sort of slightly more interesting wizard character than we normally get. His his motives yeah. are strange, and he seems to just kind of <laughs> sow chaos for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, he's this, like, centrist, uh, both sides, <laughs> uh, trickster wizard that... He likes his magic. He's a both sides wizard. <laughs> but because he like shows up to the evil kingdom because you've got apparently there because are the several evil king kingdoms. first. Yeah. I think that was just out of out of plot necessity because the good king was of course going to say like definitely, yeah, we're all, we believe you wizard. They wanted to show the bad king being like, "Get out of here, you <laughs> spooky jester." Yeah, you yeah. long, hey, you hey. long dress having beard monster. <laughs> Can you tell us the name of this evil king? Oh, his name is Darkstorm. Darkstorm. <laughs> his name is his name is Darkstorm, and he loves his trap door. Oh this my god! Is a king who is a big fan of trap doors in his kingdom. Before even we meet Merklin, we see him trap door a peasant. A scientist. A scientist, yeah, that's right, who made a catapult out of guinea pigs. You guys, I just think it's <laughs> I think it's so funny. We spent the last month watching just like this vapid kind of content from Japan that tried to copy itself and sell toys. It's kinda you know, it's kinda nice to have an American made toy show and we don't like that's science. Even and more fuck vapid those, and fuck those scientific elites. We put them down the trap door. <laughs> it yeah. just it feels right to me that we went full American here. Science is lame and politically yeah. moderate magic is good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it feels so right. And so Darkstorm yeah. loves to just send people down his trap door and 
and he's like, oh, I don't want that. That sounds stupid. But like when the good guys, when Leoric is like, yeah, magic sounds dope. And Darkstorm hears about it. He's like, what? Leoric has magic? I want that. I want magic now. Like he's, he yeah. turns so fast. I kind of love Darkstorm. He's like the most interesting part of the show to me. Dude, Darkstorm is crazy. <laughs> and it's, they go, they lean so hard into him being an evil son of a bitch that it's, yeah, it is kind of amazing. And the whole show has this sort of chaotic energy to it. Yeah, I was going to say, I enjoyed how how uh, tepid the allegiance is of pretty much all of his goons, mm-hmm. save for perhaps one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mortred. Uh-huh. Mortred is <laughs> famous bootlicker. <laughs> He's our yeah. yes man. He's our snively. They lean super hard into that as well. And so mm-hmm. they do. The, the 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 real crime is that those are the only real two characters that get any sort of definition. Yeah, the main characters are all s- completely milk toast. They're all cardboard video store standees. Well, and know? it has a like, it has a problem that's worse than Digimon, I think. Because like where we we always we always I mean Digimon was a lot of fun I loved watching it but like the problem that we always talk about is that there were way too many characters in episode one that we had to suddenly know and at least Digimon they all had different character designs the fact that this show episode one introduces us to fourteen people who are all wearing armor that could easily just obscure either half their face or just be like look exactly the same as everyone else and they expect us to kind of be able to tell the difference between 14 people and learn their names yeah, it's just man, bananas that, that was such an issue for me <laughs> well <laughs> and especially because issue. and we, we need to talk about this because i think it's going to be a helpful way to, to structure the story in episode one here especially because the whole episode is just little vignettes it's all little moments that each character gets that supposedly like are emblematic of their personality. So Merklin has proposed this basically uh, a wizards tournament to the top of his mountain to get powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the twist on his wizards tournament is that nobody is actually a wizard yet. No, <laughs> and he's just like, "Good luck to you, whoever whoever survives uh, can have powers." Here's the crazy thing about this this setup is because most of the time when this happens, when there is a sort of omniscient wizard who shows up to bestow power to a group of of people, there's like a reason, you know, <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a reason and there's and it's, it's usually like, just to the good guys. Right. And so it's like, OK, well, Arcanadon has has arisen from his obsidian tomb and he's gonna (laughs) destroy the world and so as for the prophecy here's the power to the eight magical knights or whatever and you get (laughs) you're the blue one and you're the red one and you're the pink one and we gotta fight Arcanadon. we gotta Uh send him back into his obsidian tomb for another thousand years sure there's no enemy here it's just for funsies (laughs) this so this (laughs) wizard is just this anarchic wizard this uh todd phillips the joker uh, wizard has he's shown up. He's peddling in who- favors. He's he wants he wants all these <laughs> yes! guys to owe him like he's the Godfather. Oh my yeah. God! This an incredible line at the at the end of this episode where he says, "You are the visionaries, and I deem you worthy now to receive my magic, magic that will help you and your people prosper in this new age." Merklin, what do you want from us in exchange for your magic? Occasional tasks. Tasks? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll just ask you. Don't worry about it. I'm going to have you do stuff for me later. Don't think but about it's it a, too it's hard. A, it's, a, it's a kind of interesting 
naked plot element to just say a guy's gonna sometimes tell us what to do and we're just gonna do it yeah Yeah, and i i kind of dug it i mean i dug it in the in that like sense that i haven't seen it before and we didn't have any prophecies it's just like i don't know fucking get my powers whether you're good or evil i don't care i (laughs) cannot reiterate the fact that i do not give a shit this is all hilarious to me (laughs) well and where has where has magic been like i'm not trying to shit on it really but like this this civilization's been about technology and cars and flying stuff for seven thousand years where's magic been that he shows up on the day the planets or the the stars align right it's probably not the day of it's probably a while later but like basically cosmically he shows up just afterwards and is like baby i got all the magic you need who wants some of my magic i'm gonna give you all of it and you can just do me some sweet favors like, his, where yeah. has he been? So he sets up this this battle royale, and he doesn't explicitly say that everybody needs to kill each other. Um, that just kind of <laughs> happens naturally. He doesn't say they naturally. can't. <laughs> no, he does not. But because all the people who show up, it's sort of uh, uh, like in the anime Hunter Hunter, uh, everybody kind of shows yes. up, and they just got to get to the end here. Oh, no, yes. Annie, I'm um, so sorry. But unfortunately, slowly cheering for anime is going to have to count. Yes. Yeah, sorry, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to lose some points here. No. <laughs> no. Um, 600. I think 600 takes to merit Tandy. Yeah, I think that's fair. What is this scale anymore? It means nothing. We're trying to balance it out. Um, okay, I so, see. So anyway, so like the anime Hunter Hunter, this tournament happens. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, so the whole this whole middle section of the episode is these different knights of varying alignment of fighting each other and getting into getting into scraps with each other. Yeah. And ending up in these, these weird like trials, like fighting a sea monster or running through a room with a bunch of crushing platforms or et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, all these weird things. And when you're watching it, you're not necessarily, you're kind of a little disoriented, maybe a lot disoriented because we just jump right. from characters to characters and see them do a thing and move on. And we have no idea who they are. We have no <laughs> idea who these characters are. We, right. we haven't seen them with their masks off. No, we don't ever. know what their deal is. But it, it all kind of, you, you kind of have like a, oh, that's what's been going on moment when you get to the end. And the way that Merklin distributes all of the powers is he's like, Hey, so remember that time over there, you buddy, when you like fashioned a bunch of leaves into some wings? Well, you get the eagle and he starts doing flashback sequences to all of the scenes you just watched. And they're using them as justifications for why they get different animal totems. And you're they like, they did it one time. Oh, okay? that's why we had to watch all these stupid fucking pointless scenes is because this is like somehow fuel for his magic. The two women. The good woman and the evil woman, um, they they get into a tussle underwater. A little swim fight. They get into a swim fight underwater, and then in a in a basically giant cave bathtub with a <laughs> yeah, plug in the bottom. Yeah, with a drain. And and then Merklin is like, okay, well, well, you are the shark, and you're the dolphin. This is what your spirit is like. This is your true self. It's, it's like, like what? No, I just fell in some water. <laughs> It's like he gives these out like a person who doesn't know you very well, giving you like bad Christmas presents. Yeah. Like you mentioned that you seen Family Guys at one time. So I got you the Stewie Griffin T-shirt and that's what you're going to be all about. <laughs> because, of course, I know that you love Family Guy. It's like, no, I mentioned it once. Jesus. OK, can we go through all the 14? 
We we'd ha- we have to do it real quick. I think we think there's no way around it. We have to go through it, and we should go through it in the order that Merklin talks about it, so that we can drop the clips in. No, we're just gonna play the entire single <laughs> clip. You you really want us to play the whole thing? Because I can drop I it in. I think it'll be faster than us than than intersplicing. All right. Well, Rory, this is Rory's call, so we're dropping the whole clip in. Go ahead and get some popcorn. You're gonna hear this this 14 person character reveal in its entirety. <laughs> I'll see you guys in a few minutes. Now, let me present you the magical totems that each of you has earned. Arthon, when it was necessary to fly, you found wings. For that, you shall receive the totem of the eagle. I knew this would all be worth it. Sindar, for your climbing ability and brute strength, I give you the gorilla totem. Widderquick. For your blinding speed and dexterity, I grant you the totem of the fastest animal in creation, the cheetah, Krebex. For your deed, you shall earn the totem of the only airborne scavenger on Prismos, the Phylot. And you, Ektar, for sensing the ambush, shall receive the totem of the fox, Mortred, for bootlicking above and beyond the call of duty. I give you the scampering beetle. I am offended. Stifle thyself. (laughs) Forgive me, master. Forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we continue? Feral, for your amazing tracking skills, you will wear the totem of the wolf. And you, Viralina, displayed a killing instinct underwater that is matched only by that of the shark. Thus, it shall be your totem, Galadria. No animal evinces greater intelligence under the ocean than the dolphin. Thus, it is fitting that you shall have its totem. And Lexor, for turning cowardice into a defensive art, I grant you the totem of the armadillo. Be assured it was not cowardice. Silence before I bash you. There's no need to shout. Cryotech, for your incredible strength and endurance, you shall wear the totem of the bear. Recon, for your stealth and treachery, you shall bear the totem of the lizard. Laoric, for raw courage and leadership, you shall wear the totem of the lion. It's all right. I was merely testing. And Darkstorm, for your incomparable climbing skill and general sliminess, you shall receive the totem of the mollusk. These animals are the magical representation of your true inner beings. When you need them most, you will become them. So what do you think, everybody? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I feel if like... we're still here. We, yeah, we had to sit through that, too. There's a few that I want to talk about specifically uh, okay. out, of, out of that. You know what was so... most offensive about this before you start talking about the individuals? Mm-hmm. This was not even the first info dump of the episode. 
It might not even have been the second, like, long-winded info dump. It certainly was the longest, but uh, the fact that we've spent so much of this episode already in exposition leading up to this Mm -hmm. is kind of mind-boggling. Yeah. Well, it's like been a mix of exposition and then a few nights talking about botanical gardens and jousting arenas. Okay, really quick, the botanical (laughs) gardens comment felt like it was a joke that I didn't get. It was a line of, like, you know, I was thinking... That since we're rebuilding New Valaric, we might have room for a jousting arena near the Market Square. A good idea. Though I fear some of the citizens would rather have a botanical garden. Botanical garden? You must be joking. Is that like a pot? Like, do they want to smoke pot? Is that? I I couldn't tell what was going on. A few highfalutin put-downs that come up, or like references. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first thing we hear Mortred described as, and now for the record, this show can't have a target audience older than about nine. Maybe. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. And we hear him described as a sycophantic bootlicker. <laughs> yeah. And there's a great line saying, what's the matter, Mordred? Is your tongue sore from licking your master's boots? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I did not know what noun was going to go at the end I know, of that sentence. It was I know. very jarring, but uh, it's a great burn. Well, okay, so let's talk about Mortar. Mortar is one of the ones I wanted to talk about when when he gets yeah. the thing when he says he when he gives him the beetle quote for for bootlicking above and beyond the call of duty. Like <laughs> this guy, Merklin just like beautifully pivots from like oh yes and for your valor and then just goes over and it's like because you like boots you piece of shit. There you go, you're a beetle now. You're a little beetle, you little beetle boy. Like yeah. he's so judgy and I love it. Merklin is a nasty bitch who loves drama. <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. You're just a dirty slug. <laughs> uh, and the end one with Darkstorm, because he gets the mollusk for your climbing skill and general and just sliminess. so slimy. <laughs> I got I don't know, it was so funny, but also so awful how long that was. And I can't believe you made yeah. me drop that whole clip in there, but but God, like I also love this is the first time I feel like I've seen usually the, there's like an A-list scary animal for the main bad guy. Yeah. And this guy gets put with mollusk. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. funny. He's got to wear that silly logo. He's not on a his... pterodactyl or a T-Rex or a grizzly bear. Right. He's a mollusk. It's also worth noting they all have like big TV screens on their chests uh-huh. that, that didn't have anything on them before they got the power and now they, they do. Yeah, they're like if Teletubbies were G.I. Joes. Yeah. But it's also yeah. really funny because like one of the factors in why they didn't keep making this show or the toys is because the toys were so expensive to make because they had holograms on their chest. Like those hologram stickers made the toys really expensive to make and then people weren't buying them as much and they were like, well, fuck this. So like their own design is just like completely sabotaging themselves. And then some of them have these giant like staves with, well, they just keep saying staffs. The but, power right? staff. Yeah, they've got yeah, power so staffs. Let's talk about those. We have, we just have a lot of this very printer-friendly stick. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a, la- a real lack of a through line here, where everybody gets their own cool animal power, and then some people get staffs. The people who had staffs that they brought along, <laughs> they get yeah. cool staffs that are different but similar powers that they yeah. can only use a little bit and then they have to recharge and come back and recharge them. But they're often can be similar to the animal. So one has super speed, but it also that person has a cheetah transformation. So they can kind of like 
use their fast power and then use their other fast power. Right, but it's so confusing because yeah, like you say- One's for city and one's for highway. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, it was basically like the only rationale was those of you who just happen to have staff, staffs with you right now get these extra powers. But like some of them don't even make sense and in fact are just more confusing because our big like main good guy, Leoric, his animal is the lion, which of course, you know, like Thundercat style, like that makes a certain amount of sense. Like your good guy gets the lion, but his staff has the power of wisdom. And when he uses his staff, an owl comes out of it and talks to him. So does he just get two animals? Like for a minute, I thought it was a different character because an owl came out. And then I realized, no, he just has two animals. Like it just seems so poorly thought out. Well, one of his, one of his guys has the brain wizard who is a lot of fun. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yes, there's a knowledge guy who has a big throbbing uh, <laughs> That's Arzon. Arzon has the eagle. Cool. Yeah, love these great names. Um, <laughs> so Arzon, so after Merlin, after Merklin gives them their power staffs and their uh, animal totems, he flushes them out of his cave like yeah, a toilet. Yeah, flushes them through a toilet, exactly. <laughs> and then laughs at them while they go away. Like, it, like, like, it's so funny. And then they're all flushed out into this, like, valley and start to have a tussle. And then... Um, I thought this was, in terms of stupid cartoon stuff, kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, uh-huh. Darkstorm proposes a truce. <laughs> yes. And then it sort of later reveals. So Leoric is like, yeah, dog, peace is dope. We're the peace guys. Love it. Let's bounce. And uh, Darkstorm explains to his cronies that he's like, they're like, why? We don't like peace, do we? I thought we were the, the bad ones. I thought we were the dirty nuts. Yeah, <laughs> not, the, not the nice clean nuts. Not the, he's like, we are the, the dirty nuts, but guess what? But he is bound to honor his commitments. I am not. He has to say yes to peace, and he has to obey the treaty, and we don't have to do dickens, uh, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was kind of tight. Yeah, and then he looks at the camera and goes, <laughs> it is so much easier to be evil. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then we get a little, we get a little funny little cut to credits moment the part that i really have to talk about uh what's the guy with the eagle's name Ar- arthon arzon 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 this dude walking home across the valley they've all gotten separated somehow <laughs> comes across a beautiful girl in a hole yeah. and he his first thought is like all right and let's let's also remember this is about 30 seconds after they've been flushed out of the mountain. This is about 30 seconds of the toilet flush, but this dude's this dude's immediate one to skis of like, "Hello. I can't help but notice you're trapped in a hole." <laughs> no reasonable way to say no to what I'm about to propose. It's, it's so, so disturbing. Awful. He's, oh, he's so, so he's creepy. so skeezy and he's just he couldn't be happier to have found a hot girl in a hole. And okay, yeah. so what I what got me about this moment is that the truce that you just mentioned, it's not just like we're going to do this like it's going to be peace and whatever. The specific words that they use and all agree to is magic should only be used to preserve peace on Prismos. And what does Arzon do immediately but turn around and be like, "Hey, you want to see my magic staff do magic stuff? <laughs> and like just starts doing magic to impress a girl. I just thought that was so funny. Like it's this good, super yeah. funny. Cause she's, cause she's like, wow, you, you're strong. And he's like, you haven't seen nothing yet. Look at this power staff. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. and the power staff reveals that that lady is in fact, uh, Viralina, mm-hmm. the, the evil lady. Um, who is a shark, I guess, who can turn to a shark 
And then the maiden just takes off her face and clothes, <laughs> and it's just Viralina, who is a different hair color. It's, it wasn't even magic. She just not had a magic. really good costume. <laughs> also, you can see in the beginning of episode two, because this is where it splits, you see her holding just the face with eyes. Like, there aren't eye holes in this mask. It's yeah. just... It's, it's a, a static, whole face. It's so weird. It's such a... And again, 30 seconds after they've been flushed out of a mountain, time to put on my full maiden costume <laughs> and get stuck in a hole. This show is so wild. It's so wild. Also, before we, we move out of this episode, there's another line from Merklin that floored me. And I, I'd like to drop it. But the way he says it is... Somebody was protesting, like, hey, why do these guys get fucking staffs and I have nothing? I have dick all. <laughs> and and Merklin says, or, or it's because they, they have to recharge so quickly. Because, again, these staffs are kind of useless. They get used once and then they're done. Yeah. It's like, well, we can only use it once per episode uh, kind of deal. And Merklin says, get it through your dull brain that I have no intention of cheating you. <laughs> <laughs> God. Now dip your staff into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> I just love Merklin. He just seems like such a weird agent of chaos that's just playing Sim City with all these kids. Just yeah. Like, it, yeah. He's just playing the Sims with, with, with future medieval knights and just cackling as he watches them collide into each other. It's so... Uh, I wish we got more time with Merklin. Yeah, I want to know what his... What's his deal, man? What's his deal? I think Merklin Fox. I think Merklin Fox, as far as like... <laughs> old omniscient wizards go who kind of dole out plot points Merkin's got some cool shit going on well since this is season four and we're still playing a little bit with our structure i want to try out a a new a new uh, a new transition so we'll be right back with visionaries after these messages hey rory yeah yeah rory can you tell us about uh dad's old big box of cables Dad's old big box of cables is a great new subscription service from the many the many dad related products you may have come to hear from you know from us and other <laughs> podcasters. So Dad's come out with a great new product where uh, he he's got a box of cables and you get he's, it's a subscription service. Uh, if you guys are familiar with those with those sort of like a little more interactive subscription services like those the ones where you get a t shirt and you're like nah or yeah huh and right right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is like that. You get the box of cables, and it, you decide. You decide on your cable, your cables, and then rather than sending it back to Dad because he doesn't want it, it's his old box of cables. You send it. You send it out to uh, the next guy. The next guy in the in the chain. He's gonna. Oh. He, he, he's gonna get some cables. And I say, I I say that it's 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 a good way to get old cables. <laughs> yeah. And other than that. Well, I don't know that it has to be much more than that. It's advertised as a box of old cables. You get old cables. More, that seems like a fair. <laughs> yeah. you, do you pay more to get first pick of the box? And is it cheaper like when you get like the last dregs? Or? It just kind of keeps on moving, man. It's a box of cables the way that a bird's nest. Like, sure, everybody's <laughs> going to get a piece of the bird's nest. But at what point the integrity is, is lost and it's no longer a nest but a pile of sticks is... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's sort of nebulous. So for the most part, it's just, here's the cables, man. Do what you got to do. It's a little <laughs> like a pyramid scheme, too, though, isn't it? It's a like... lot like a pyramid scheme because dad <laughs> is, you know, he's really he's a criminal. He, he's just a criminal. <laughs> so I don't know. But, you know, 
Some people are very happy with their Cutco knives, so like, yeah, we don't all uh, we're not all better than a pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them. I saw them use that big those big scissors to cut a penny in a shoe, and I had to have those knives. <laughs> and then Dad said, "Well, if you'd like those knives, do I have a box? Do I have a box with your name on it?" Do you think every person down the line sort of like, you know, with a little bit of wink and a nudge, they kind of just put some of their old own, own old cables into the box and it keeps going? What they do, here's how you yeah, here's how you keep the box of cables going is uh, you guilt your friends and family into uh, letting you send the box to them. And you've got then they've got the boxes. They're now their problem. Sure, they get a cable out of it and that's probably great if you love cables, but you know they're gonna have to they're gonna have to continuously exploit their own network in order to get the box you know out of their possession. I get so many Facebook invites for it. Yeah. <laughs> All these old Facebook friends coming out of the woodwork do, telling you about their do, box. Do, and do, cables. do, do you want to be your own boss? <laughs> <laughs> they say they say I'm a small. They say I have I run my own business. <laughs> it's just a box of cables, dude. <laughs> All right, my little squirrels, uh, we are gathered around the tree for Visionaries Episode 2, The Dark Hand of Treachery. And here is the synopsis. We're Dark just cl- cleaning our nuts together, just washing them. The three of us, we're just, we're just making sure we wash each other's nuts. We're close. Got to keep the like nuts that. clean. Yeah. For, 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 for should they become upon the ground, much like, much like uh, America's flag that's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> It you must be burned. Burn it must be burned. The nuts must be burned in order to save it from the nasty dirt, from the nasty ground. Our nuts, our must, our nuts must be never dirty. <laughs> that that reminds me of the synopsis for episode two. Oh, um, wow. Darkstorm and his fellow Darkling lords, aided by magical vehicles, trap Leoric and his followers one by one. Imprisoned in the dungeon at Darkstorm's castle and stripped of their weapons, Leoric and his followers seem to be in a hopeless situation. Soon, however, Leoric realizes they must unite and names them the Spectral Knights. So I dig something about this episode that I'm sure is going to get evened out or would have across the toy line as the episodes and 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 toys, you know, uh, mature. Mm-hmm. But there's something immediately very fun about the asynchronous nature of uh, the two teams. One side's got power staffs and one side's got laser cars. <laughs> it's kind of it's pretty rad to have just like very different sets of tools and they're not just all mirrors of each other yeah i yeah and i think you are right like based on what i was glancing through at the summaries of the rest of the season's episodes i think that the good guys get cars too uh, mm-hmm. but but for now i i totally agree it's fun to have things not be the same um especially because like it, it seems there's kind of a running joke in this episode that i love where uh leoric's power staff like seems to be super lame and do nothing <laughs> yeah. like and they keep t- pointing it out and then like all the enemy power staffs like one of them summons a 12 awesome. story monster that destroys their castle and one i think it's uh oh what's his main what's his main bro's name ektar i think I, ektar looks over and says like dude you got a really bad staff 
<laughs> there can be little question about it, Leoric. Merklin gave you a bad power staff. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny to me. The wild thing about these two episodes that we watched was just the, like I mentioned before, this chaotic energy that runs through the show. And this episode is a direct continuation of the last episode. And it just, everything runs together so quickly. There's, I don't know, there's no time that anybody breathes. No. Yeah. There's no time when anybody kind of stops and takes stock or like time passes a little bit. And that's really weird to see with a lot of these shows. I'm so used to the tables getting reset. Well, especially every... a three-parter of just nonstant, uh-huh. constant nonsense. Yeah, it's it does not let up for a second. And like, you know, so used to like the villains all just kind of go back to their kingdom. Uh-huh. And then it's like a week later or a year they, later. They try or... again. They lick their wounds and then try again later. Yeah. And that happens so often, even with, with stuff like King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. I just keep keep expecting that to happen. I keep expecting Darkstorm to like, oh, we'll get you next time, Warwick uh, <laughs> and, and crew. And then they go back to their place and everybody goes back to their respective castles. But yeah, yeah you're not wrong. Instead, like it just it's it's basically like Darkstorm. Darkstorm does what you wish most villains would do, which is act like realistically where he's like, he look, all of these fucking like good guys, they're not like a unit yet they're all separated they're all doing their own thing we all are united under the fact that i let you out of a trap earlier on the condition that you were that you were gonna work for me a a, a ploy which i do multiple times yes he keeps rolling around collecting new followers and making people uh pledge loyalty to him and then he just has collected them like pokemon i mean he's kind of like has his followers but he keeps like conning them into supporting him yeah but and which is cool because it means that they're not like except for mortred who's a you know a sycophantic bootlicker uh they're not like dead set on following him they're just kind of doing it because they said they would there's there's tumult in the in the waters Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh but at the least at least for now darkstorm has realized i've got a crew i've got the leg up on everybody else and they're all separated. We should just strike now while the iron's hot. Let's go. Let's get them all now. And he does. Also, a lot of them are not just straight, like, mustache twirly. Mortred's sycophanticness is is kind of uh, noble in a way. He's mm-hmm. He really isn't that... that uh, he's not quite such a gross yes-man slug. He's Yes, boss. He's mm-hmm. got a loyalty that's a little admirable. Yeah. I want to play a clip of Mordred saying, announcing in front of the castle, saying, Should I die now, I want all to remember that I have undertaken this deed for love of my master and king, Darkstorm. You shall live forever in the Hall of Valor, Mordred. <laughs> it's very <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, they're, uh, they've got this sort of, like, bonehead thug character who has oh, a... Oh, you mean Sindar? Sindar, who has to save kittens, and and doesn't regret it for a second. He gets scolded for saving a kitten, and it's like, fuck it, dude. Like, I've got a cat now, so now who's the idiot? (laughs) Yeah, he speaks in this sort of broken English, and his his totem uh, animal is a gorilla. Yeah. And I think the kitten thing is maybe a reference to Coco the gorilla. Possibly. um, Which came out in, like, 1981, and everybody's just wild about that gorilla. Yeah. That sign language gorilla and his his cat or her cat. (laughs) 
And <laughs> so I think the the kitten gorilla thing, yeah, I think that's a Coco reference. It's but. just, it's so funny in that moment because Darkstorm is so flabbergasted by what's happening. And he goes, <laughs> he, he says, Cinda, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I fucking care, dude. I like cats. I'm the biggest, strongest one on your team. So shut up. There's a cat here somewhere. <laughs> God. Yeah, so I don't know. I really like I really like how the bad guys kind of function, at least for now, because it's kind of like there's a lot more interesting drama happening on the bad guys team, not just than the good guys, which is obvious, but than most bad guy kind of rose galleries that we're used to. Mm -hmm. Now, before you think we the show is actually kind of good before you think before you mistake it for clean (laughs) for clean nuts. Yes. Um Most of the moment-to-moment stuff in the show is incomprehensible. It's very much dirty nuts. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, there's a reason I was, before we recorded, I was saying I just considered just turning off the cartoon and just not finishing it. Because really, there's just so much nonsense happening. And the action, the actual fights are pretty bad. They're pretty lame. They have, one of the guys has like a whip. And oh, the main guy. That's Leoric. Leoric has the whip. That's Leoric. I guess I couldn't tell. That's what I meant. Like, all of their weapons seem so overtly designed with first and f- by first and foremost, can can we easily make this from plastic mold? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing yeah. is very cool or, or, or glow. Or like, nothing uses lights or yeah. <laughs> uh, motion. When you have that many characters all sort of vying for screen space, there's no time to see something through like you don't just see like all right leoric's gonna fight a guy right it's it's just it's it's there's always 12 people on the screen at any given time and it's chaos yeah one thing that one thing i I did notice that i want to at least call out as a good thing is that they did not do the standard thing with the two female characters they have so the good guy female character galadria is not dating the leader she's dating cryotech and then That's the, true. the bad guy lady character, Viralina, is not dating anyone and isn't even into the good guy leader. And as far as we know, she's not the seductress character. Well, actually, no, she did. Well, no, she, she did <laughs> disguise as a maiden. That's true. <laughs> she did the bedroom voice for Arzon. Yeah. But it seemed it seemed like that boy was more of a horn dog than she necessarily <laughs> yeah. like had to that work. She didn't hard. really have to. She, yeah, she didn't have to put any effort into it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so things get things get interesting in this episode when all the bad guys capture all the good guys. There's a lot of fights, but um, they manage to pretty much get... I mean, they do get everybody after a fashion. Um, and there's an amazing scene where Darkstorm goes to talk to, like, the citizens of this town. And mm-hmm. <laughs> he addresses all the common folk. And... <laughs> It's so funny to me. I know there are many rumors circulating about why I have called you all together. Some of those rumors say that I plan to take away your property and even children. I do not plan to take anything. I do not have to. All you own is already mine, including your wretched lives. It's just, it's so weird. This guy comes up and yells at him and is like, You and your fancy magic do not scare me. I will fight you with the last ounce of my strength. And then he turns him into an old man and everyone freaks out and acquiesces. He rots a man. Yeah. (laughs) And he does his same thing again. I will take a vote. All in favor of returning this man to normal will say, Darkstorm is master of all. Darkstorm is master of all. 
He's just like, it's so funny. He never stops doing the same gambit. And then he's got him. He's got him. He's got him over a barrel. Now, my favorite Dark Storm scene was when uh, some of his goons were in a junkyard and found some magic ships mm-hmm. that started working again. They heard motors and like, what? Motors aren't supposed to work. And so I guess magic can make motors work. There's a glossing, there's a glossing over of why they would know what motors are. But I, I, the fact that they are in a sort of like techno, techno graveyard. So I don't hate it. Right. Um, but so they, they fly the ship. They crash through the wall of Darkstorm's castle <laughs> in, into his throne room, like like li- really just crash land right into the middle. They yeah. hop out, and Darkstorm, his first thought is, uh, What have we here? I must drive it myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you've like you've you've wrecked the wall of my castle. You just like broke into my house and almost killed all it's of like, us. It's ooh, like my oh, turn. Oh, 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 me 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 me. My toy. <laughs> Give me the playset. It's mine. Yeah. I have. Okay. So there's a couple. I don't know. I thought this this episode had some great quotes in it. So so my favorite uh, my favorite thing that actually I thought Rory, I thought you'd bring up because it's such a thing that you would love where Galadria Galadria escapes capture and she comes back to warn the rest of the good guys that the bad guys are coming. And the good guys are all in the middle of sort of regaling these other normies, just this like table full of normies about their magic adventures with Merklin. And they say a few things and then it cuts to one of the normie guys and he goes, tell us of the magic. Tell us of the magic. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite was throw him into the magical dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because like they have like a suntan booth that takes your your totem animal away. And no one yeah. explains why that is or how that works, but they just well, they have, have it. a magical dungeon. <laughs> it it really it really did frustrate me that they gave the two female characters um, the two like ocean animals the yeah. like the li- most limited use. Yeah, I don't know how it's sexist, but it certainly seems like it is. It just feels like where it's like, well, we're not near any water, so we can't. <laughs> yeah. can't do anything like you're not gonna For turn some into reason, sh- both women have to be bound to water have to be well not just a bound to water but like uh, of cut from a similar cloth yeah totally you can't you know you can't have a woman's like opposite on the other team be a man because of course she'd always lose right like this is the 80s because what's the opposite of woman if not a man it's <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of dolphin if not a shark <laughs> Oh, God. I don't know. So this episode ends when they all get, they're all, uh, all the good guys are in a, a jail cell together. They're being watched by the bad guy named Lexor and they make fun of his voice. And he's like, there's nothing wrong with my voice. He does internalize uh, that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment, they all, uh, uh, they decide to form, quote unquote, the Spectral Knights, a sacred order or whatever, dedicated to doing good stuff or something. And they all kind of do a Hitler salute together and 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 they form a team. And then their their dungeon gets flooded with water because Lexor is still really steamed about that crack about his voice. And that's where our to be continued is left. And the last thing that we'll probably ever watch of Visionaries. <laughs> to let that moment breathe for a sec, I thought it was cool that it took this long for all the bad guys to even gr- agree to be a team. All the good guys? Oh, no, I thought the bad guys were the ones who were like, oh, right. The good guys are like, we're, we'll, we'll name ourselves. Yeah. Either way, either way, it's an interesting idea that 
that they don't kind of start as two teams of the goodies and the baddies. Yeah, it is nice. And they didn't really get into it much, but I learned from the Wikipedia page that most of the good guys are not even like from the same area. Like they're just here for the magic, the magic circus. Right. They're in like split kingdoms. You know, they're here to they're here to take the trial from Merklin, not to do anything else. They're they're from other places. Oh, that's right. That's super glossed over. That's a good point. People come from all over this planet to do Merklin's trials. Yeah, and there was definitely a way to structure that first episode to to pace this out so that we actually have time kind of learning seeing them all like Yeah. Leaving their kingdoms and focusing on Well, I got the impression they all seem to know each other. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know that that's true. They might, but like it's But it kind of played that way. Nobody was introducing themselves much. Right. <laughs> yeah, well they didn't have time because they needed to show us the the animals of all 14 characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've climbed up to the tippy top of this tree and this seems as good a place as any to to hang my hang my clean nuts. <laughs> Out in the out in the up in the up here in this in this breeze, where where the nuts can the nuts the nuts can get a little fresh air. I, yeah. I've just I've just got this bushel of nuts that I've I've hung from a branch. I like dropping them from up here so that they break. The hard walnuts can break, but then they become dirty nuts when they land on the floor. That's Wait a minute, I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm confused. I thought we were talking. I thought we were talking about balls. Scrotums. Oh no, you gross boy! You gross oh, monster! God. This is a f- Andy, this is a fun. This is a fun. This is a fun squirrel episode where the nuts are the nuts are an innocuous. Uh, ah. uh, they're what we call it in the English in the English one hundred one sphere a synonym. Oh no! Oh god! The cinnamon nuts. The cinnamon <laughs> nuts. Cinnamon. Um, what did we think of Visionaries? I, you guys, I really liked it in like a really, like, I think that there's, there's a, 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 a disease that's infected me from doing this show for more than two years. I, I, I think I have maybe had a similar experience as Austin that was extremely put off by how unrelenting the nonsense is, but inside of it are some kind of cool choices I'm glad I got to see. Uh huh. I mean, the fact that the first episode is a, a, a kind of kill or be killed uh, battle to get power that the wizard doesn't give a shit <laughs> about mm-hmm. who yeah. gets this power is something I have never seen before. Absolutely. Outside of maybe the anime Hunter Hunter, but that's a different. <laughs> yes. That's sort of a different case. But. <laughs> no, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that my palate has been sufficiently just affected by watching all the kinds of things that we watch. And the fact that this show is better than Arthur and the Knights of Justice and is better than Spiral Zone made me excited. Like, I felt good about it, even though, like, there are clearly so many problems with this show. But at at the end of these two episodes, I was like, I kind of wonder what happens next. How do they get out of that? How do they get out of that dungeon? It's filling with water. Maybe I should just hit next and find out. Part of the issue of watching a... the first two parts of a three-part intro is that we don't really get to see the show being the show and so i i'm curious what a just a random episode in the middle of the season looks like sure Uh, and and if it you know has a little more structure or if you can follow it or if it spends more time in character development i don't know probably not (laughs) i think it gets really dull after a bit well, look, most of the most bullshit shows that we've watched have lasted at least like 58 episodes or something. Mm-hmm. You know, this was 13. They canceled it uh-huh. quickly. And you know how much bullshit 
1987 cartoon you have to be to get canceled. <laughs> Something did not work. Something didn't work for, for this with kids. And I assume it's because you just cannot follow it at all. Yeah. They didn't have enough power staffs. Ah, uh, see, that would have been it. That would have been it! It's dirty nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess thanks for thanks for hanging out with us for this little one-off special. Thanks for taking your nuts out and putting them up on the tree so that they can be clean. And uh, is there anything else you want to say, Rory, about the nuts? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, like, like we say every week, uh, you know, uh, take your nuts, take your nuts out every once in a while. Make sure... Make sure they're where you left them. Well, I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>